Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you today. We got a lot of news today. And during the show, there may be a major press conference held by the AG. We're going to bring you that or bring you updates on that as it comes if it is relevant to the cases we are following on Indisputable. Breaking down news of the day, we have Ben Carollo, host of Galaxy Brain, and she streams on Twitch as Bleep Blop Ben, writer, TYT contributor, amazing person. Top story of the day. Okay, Herschel Walker has a negative campaign ad that came against him, created by Republicans, by the way. Herschel Walker has now responded to the allegations of him putting a gun to the head of his then wife. Let me first remind you of the ad in question. Here it is. Do you think you know Herschel Walker? Well, think again. Listen to what his ex-wife had to say about him. His eyes would become very evil. The guns and knives. I got into a few choking things with him. The first time he held the gun to my head, he held the gun to my temple and said, he's gonna blow my brains out. I have Herschel Walker's response to that negative campaign ad. Now remember the context here. The ex-wife was literally giving an interview about the violence of Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker threatening to kill her, and Herschel Walker threatening to kill her then boyfriend, okay? Now this is interesting context. Herschel Walker has basically described this as a mental health episode, and he does not remember any of the details of his alleged violence. Here's his response. My opponents launched a dirty attack ad. They dug up an old video and took it out of context. My opponents think they're hurting me, but I'm glad they did this ad because it gives me an opportunity to end the stigma around mental health. No, sir, you have not ended the stigma around mental health. You are exploiting mental health so that you can raise money for your campaign. At the end of that one minute and roughly 18 seconds of commentary he provided, uh, he then told people to go to his website. And when you go to his website, there's a big donate now to save Herschel Walker on the website. He's utilizing the actual real suffering of citizens, of people in order to raise money. Now, let's be very clear about the dynamics here. I do not besmirch anyone who has to deal with a mental health issue. I've had to deal with mental health crises in my life. And the truth is most, if not all, individuals who live will have to experience a mental health issue at some point. That's not what this is about. Herschel Walker has a fascination with power. He is out of control inside of him, so much so that he lies about power when he already has power. You have to remember, Herschel Walker has already achieved iconic status as a superstar Hall of Famer NFL player. But that wasn't enough. He had to lie and say that his power also extends to the FBI. He had to lie and say his power also connects to him being um, a police officer. He literally lied to a cop and told a cop that he's a cop too, based on the report we have on record. He said that, the problem with the world 
It's absentee black fathers, but he was the absentee black father himself. He said he had a company that employed hundreds of individuals. His company employed four. You see, he already has power or had some level of power and influence, popularity, but it wasn't enough. So he lied and said he graduated from college, he never did. He lied and said he was the valedictorian of his high school, he never was. He has a fascination with power. This is a dangerous individual, not simply because he can be manipulated by the Republican agenda, which is now the Trump agenda, not just because of that, but because he's willing, he's a willing participant and this manipulation in order to be connected to what he sees as power. There's more. The spot was done by Republicans. It was done by the Republican Accountability PAC. Includes a clip of an old interview with Walker's ex-wife. Her name is Cindy Grossman. Saying that he held the gun to my temple and said it was going to blow my brains out. The college and professional football star noted numerous times that he struggled with mental health during his marriage to Grossman, which lasted from 1983 until 2002. You have to imagine what she went through during that time. And he did not, according to him, remember the incident or incidents due to his mental illness. He has no memory of them. Walker wrote a book, this was back in 2008. Which highlighted his diagnosis and struggles with disassociative personality disorder. And he's long said that he's accountable, his word, accountable for his past violence towards his ex wife. Now he says he does not remember them. He's also detailed that he used to have violent thoughts about harming himself and harming others. And also said he had up to a dozen alternative identities. Now, this is another note. There are individuals who were recently in business relationship with Herschel Walker, who have gone on record to say they had to stop their business relationship because Herschel Walker was an angry, violent person toward them. Now, this is recent. Once again, not about the mental health of Herschel Walker. This is about his unwillingness to be authentically truthful. Now, remember, according to Herschel, His mental health issues have been resolved. He was saved once again by a man named White Jesus. All right, Um, let's go to the poll because he's running for the US Senate. The polling data says this was one conducted by the Atlanta Journal Constitution uh, and the University of Georgia School of Public and International Affairs. It found that Senator Warnock, Raphael Warnock in Georgia, who took office in 2021 because of a special election is actually leading the former University of Georgia football star Herschel Walker, a Republican obviously by 46 to 43%. Now that is within the margin of error. An additional 8% of voters said they are still undecided. Now I'm going to connect another, another election here that's important to understand and to watch. The current governor of Georgia is Kemp. Kemp who narrowly defeated Stacey Abrams, okay, who's a voting rights activist in 2018, was ahead of the Democratic challenger 48% to 43. So literally the Republican for governor is leading 48 to 43. And the senator who's a Democrat is leading the Republican challenger, what a flip. 
In that race, you got 7% undecided. The rematch is one of the most closely watched gubernatorial races in America. So what's happening here? I think the campaign ads against Herschel Walker are effective. It has not only created a decrease in his polling data. Now remember, polls are not predictions, but snapshots, they can change. But it has also created a decrease in his ability to raise money. At one point, Herschel Walker was one of the top 10 fundraisers for a US Senate race in the United States of America on the Republican side. He is no longer there. So this has been effective and that's why he utilized that rebuttal not to address the stigma of mental health in America, but rather the stigma of his campaign losing money. And that's why he told you basically donate to me. All right, Ben thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, it's really infuriating to see him try and like spin this in this way. I mean, seriously, what what about this is like trying to reduce the stigma around mental illness? I mean, seriously, in fact, you are creating more stigma for people with mental illnesses because you are creating this idea that somehow your violence was inherent to the, the your mental illness, which it's not, right? There's nothing inherently violent about somebody having a mental illness. And at the same time, even when we recognize that we need to deal with stigma, and we need to actually have real systems of like healing and accountability. You also need that accountability aspect to it, right? Having a mental illness doesn't mean that there's no consequence for your actions or that you're not responsible for your actions. But it does mean that society's approach to helping you get through whatever you're going through needs to be fundamentally different. It's not a matter of really criminality, so to speak, necessarily, so much as it is about like rehabilitation. But part of that requires, that accountability requires people not being allowed to be in positions of power where they are allowed to victimize other people. And what position of power is more powerful than you? United States Senator. You made such a powerful point about him blaming his violence on mental health, which creates more stigma, not less. And according to the research, over 98% of individuals who have a diagnosed mental health disorder will never, never have a violent episode. So for him to not categorize this for what it is does a disservice to the community. All right. School just started. School just started already. A high school student brought two guns, not one to school. And yep, it actually discharged it, fired inside of the school. Let me take you to a place called Henry County, Georgia. The Henry County School District said the police were called to the school Wednesday morning after reports of what sounded like gunshots inside of the school. Now you have to already imagine, that means that multiple individuals in the school called the police. And when they called 911, they said, listen, we just heard gunshots inside of this school. So everything was shut down immediately. There's an adjacent elementary school across the street from this high school. So they shut down the high school. They also did a complete lockdown of the elementary school. Everybody's panicking, everybody's afraid, there's more. School officers said they quickly reacted to put the school on a hard lockdown. And their investigation led them to a student who had the guns, plural, in a backpack. Police said one of the guns went off when the student dropped the bag 
which also means the gun was not on safety. District officials say the gun discharged from inside the backpack when they set it on the ground in the school gym. I have some questions here. First of all, school just started. You already have a student bringing two guns to school. Now there are a couple of reasons, maybe three, why you would do this. Number one, to show it off. Number two, to sell it or to sell at least one, maybe both. Number three, to do some damage, to do some harm. Now the protocols of this school did not work. They do have a protocol, if you know something, say something. They do have a protocol to check for suspicious activity. They do not have any metal detector systems, etc. in this school system. This was exposed because of a mistake, we cannot forget that. Their security protocols did not help. Their security protocols did not stop this from happening. And yes, obviously somebody could have been shot and somebody could be dead right now. And the only reason the school system is aware that a kid had two guns in a book bag is because that kid made a mistake. Dropped the book bag and a firearm discharged. There's more. Okay, so the school system says the very quick response of our law enforcement partners resulted in the lockdowns at McDonough High School and adjacent McDonough Middle School being lifted in order to in order for school operations to proceed as normal. So there they were lifted pretty quickly once they recognized who actually did it. Let's go back to the reality of our country. You cannot talk about incidents like this in a silo and say this is separate than anything else that's happening in America. We have a gun culture, we've talked about this up and down, right? Where did the kid get access to a gun, let alone two? Was there an adult that noticed you have two guns missing in your household? Or maybe you have so many guns at home that you don't see them as missing guns. Or perhaps even worse, you allow this minor to possess firearms and you have no issue with it whatsoever. Whatever it is, it connects back to a gun culture in this country. And until we address the culture of the thing, the policy of the thing can continue to change while the culture remains the same and your conclusion will be the same as well. Ben, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, really the gun policy in the United States is just so ridiculous because it's like, imagine there's somebody in town that just runs around like dumping buckets of rats all over town. And the policy from the government was not to do anything about the guy putting rats everywhere, but is just to like, well, maybe we'll put some rat traps here, maybe we'll, you know, put some bait here. And and like, yeah, sure, that might slightly reduce like the rat problem in your city a little bit, but maybe address the people who are like dumping rats everywhere. I don't know. And like that's what it is with guns, because how does a child get access to a gun? Only in a world where you have people that are deeply irresponsible, where people feel like guns are just toys, these casual things to be thrown around. Will you have children having access to firearms like this? Because this is not a thing that happens in other countries. Countries, believe it or not, you know, even police officers in other countries very often will have to call into their office before they even get their firearm from their trunk. And here in the United States, like literally children kill themselves, their friends, their family members with guns by accident all the time. And it's just really, really heartbreaking and infuriating to see this. We are glad that no child was hurt, no faculty member or staff member was injured or killed. Out of this incident, but let's talk about Georgia law just for a minute. 
And I've had um, Ted Terry on this show, who's a progressive, used to be the mayor of a place called Clarkston, Georgia, is now a county commissioner for DeKalb County in Metro Atlanta. Uh, Ted Terry tried to get a new civil law passed that would create a significant punishment civilly, monetarily, for parents who did not secure their weapons and children got access to them. Well, lo and behold, there's a law in Georgia that prohibits local jurisdictions from passing any laws related to guns. How insane is that? While the party, the Republican Party, they promote an ideology that says, we believe in local control. As soon as locals try to control their destiny as it relates to gun policy, they create a state law prohibiting prohibiting them from doing so. Just to know. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Remember the cop who arrested a mentally ill elderly woman and broke her arm? Well, that cop faced a penalty and the cop who watched him do it and laughed at it, well, she faces a penalty now as well. Let me remind you of the original video. Ma'am, please stop. You wanna stop the lights on, siren? Stop. You just left Walmart. Do you need to be arrested right now? No, no, no. Okay. Let's stop. Come on. Come on. I'm going home. No, 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 on the ground. Stay on the ground. On the ground. On the ground. I'm going home. Stop. I'm going home. No, you're not. That's okay. We got you. These Colorado cops broke her arm, they assaulted her. She was experiencing a severe episode of dementia. It was clear that she was going through an issue. She's an elderly woman. This is the best way to handle an elderly person. Well, there's an update. Now I wanna remind you, they laughed about this, here it is. Pushing, pushing, pushing. I was like, oh, no. 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 Oh, no.
That cop who decided to laugh at this, to not intervene, well, that cop was charged with not intervening because the state legislature in Colorado recently passed a mandate to intervene law and it is being enforced. Remember, enforcement without infraction means nothing. So infraction without enforcement, excuse me, means nothing. So there's an enforcement here. Let's put up the picture of this cop. Remember, the male officer is Officer Hop. The female officer is Daria Jalali. Officer Jalali has now been sentenced to 45 days in jail, three years of probation for her inaction. I think she needs a little more jail time, in my opinion, to reflect, to reflect upon what she did. Not only failing to intervene, deciding to laugh at what happened, and then providing cover to the officer afterwards. This cop earlier pleaded guilty in the arrest of Miss Karen Garner in Loveland in 2020 and was initially facing up to 60 days in jail for failing to intervene. This crime created was created as part of a police reform bill passed during the racial injustice and police brutality protest in 2020. Former officer Austin Hopp arrested Garner after she left the Walmart without paying for about roughly $14 worth of stuff. Let's put up his picture, remind everybody, Loveland Police Department's finest there. Now, I'm going to show you some things that will distress you, okay? She repeatedly, the victim here repeatedly told them she was simply trying to go home. But instead, this monster dislocated her shoulder and fractured her arm and boasted about it later. Put up his picture again. You see what you're looking at is a class A coward. You should be heartbroken officer that your arrest actually broke the body of an elderly person. I'm sure you have grandparents and they are ashamed of you. How dare you act in such an egregious way on the taxpayer's dime. Hop was sentenced in May to five years in prison for his treatment of Miss Garner. And Loveland settled a $3 million lawsuit. Her family has said her condition deteriorated significantly after the arrest. And now today she requires round the clock care as a result. Let me give you some more details about the cop in question today, Jalali. She apologized to Garner and her family in court. The Loveland reporter Harold reported. She told the judge she thought Garner was intoxicated and believed Ms. Garner was only complaining about her handcuffs so she could get out of them. She said, and I quote, I wanted to be a good police officer and my heart was in the right place, but I still came up short. Lies, complete lies. If you wanted to be a good cop, madam, we would have seen remorse when you realized your male officer broke the body of an elderly woman. You laughed about it, you called that goodness, you joke. And then you provided cover in your official report to cover the ass of the cop and not to report the criminal action that he had done. That probably could have saved you. 
that may have worked in your favor if you would have done that simple thing to report a criminal act. You swore to do so, you did not, failed. Garner's son, John Stewart told the judge the officer had no idea of the stress, pain and sadness the arrest has caused the entire family. We all have choices to make in life and all of our choices have consequences, he said. I ask that justice be served for my mom today. Uh, the cop's lawyer said Loveland police and another department let her stay on the job despite a pattern of poor performance recorded in her personnel files. They even did a psychological evaluation showing that this cop, Jalali, did not have the psychological makeup to act with the precision and awareness expected of police officers. What does that equate to? This cop failed her psychological evaluations and was able to remain on the force. Sounds like a negligent hire or negligent retention suit to me. All right, Ben, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that she said in that video was really, really telling to the culture that exists within police departments because she said something along the lines of, well, you know, I didn't want to seem like I wasn't involved enough. Like I didn't want to seem like I wasn't doing enough while you were literally arresting and assaulting this elderly woman. And that right there speaks to what she thinks, what she thinks when she says good police officer. She wanted to be a good police officer in the sense that she wanted to participate in the brutal culture of that police department that she wanted to be <laughs> sort of a part of their community because in a lot of police officer communities the only lives that are of consequence to them is other police officers and that's something that is super super critical another layer to this is realistically like let's be real why are police officers responding to like petty thievery from like retail outlets, like I get it, right? Like if somebody steals something from a retail outlet, that's a crime or whatever. But a lot of people are broke and a lot of people are like this elderly woman with like dementia. Maybe perhaps we should have a system to respond to nonviolent petty crimes like that, to follow up with people in a more social work type setting where it's like, hey, why did this happen? Do you need some government assistance? Like, are you struggling financially? What exactly here is going on, especially when it involves the elderly or the incredibly young, right? People who are marginalized and disenfranchised, they need support. They need support. And like, if it would have been anybody else responding to this, there probably would have been a lot more humanity in that response. That's right, that's right. We need leaders, not zombies, who blindly follow the culture of whatever they are part of. We need individuals who are willing to be a public servant, not a public menace. And I'm glad that an allocation of justice has happened here. The cop who did the assault got five years. Uh, and the cop who failed to intervene will serve some jail time. I think it does need to be stiffer, but it sends a clear signal. They are willing to enforce this mandate to intervene law that's on the books. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free. On the set.
Yeah, tantrum Karen. We've seen this move before, by the way, this seems to be a common or normative behavior. We have seen Karen's smash wine bottles inside of stores before. Now this is interesting because when I look at something like this, I always ask, what's the goal here? What's the goal to, I don't know, win an argument? What's the goal perhaps to express that you are upset over something that took place, something that was said, an item not available? Or was the goal simply to break bottles? Now, if the goal was to break bottles, mission accomplished. If your goal, Karen, was anything else, well, you only hurt yourself. Because at the end of the day, you have now been engaged in a criminal activity. Once they told you to leave, that's criminal trespass. Once you started breaking property, that is in fact destruction of property. And in most jurisdictions, once you destroy roughly $250 worth of property or above, well, that's then a felony matter. All right, being thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, it's just really disheartening to see because like it just like the fact that this happens so frequently, it just speaks to this lack of like, sense of community where like even if you have a dispute with somebody like there's ways to talk it out right and the fact that as a society we are failing to give people the tools to actually like talk through conflict and the different problems that people face because like come on what are you doing like destroying a bunch of like wine bottles like come on seriously especially wine bottles like those can get pretty pricey individually like right like seriously like if you're talking about destruction of property if you want to rack up the bill really quick you're going to do it with wine okay of all things but like seriously we just need we need to de-stress and deconflict things and have like real conversations with people and unfortunately people are so isolated and alienated that a lot of the basic societal tools that are necessary for like a functioning world are just kind of like falling apart bit by bit yeah all right so we're trying to get more information about that particular care and engage in karenicity we do not have it yet but we'll provide it as soon as an update comes Let me now take you to Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia, a cop has gone viral for the aggressive arrest of a black woman who agreed to sign the damn ticket. Here's the video. What's going on? How y'all doing? Hello. All right. Well, I see the Ohio town. I'm not sure if y'all from here or not, but you can't be inside the park in the city of Atlanta between hours 11 p.m. 6 a.m. You got your IDs on you? Huh? You have your IDs on you? Yes. I'm gonna need them. All right, just stand by, I'll be right back with you. Can I have to sign it? All right, you cannot sign it and go to jail. It's this one here. Can you come here, ma'am? All right, so you're going to receive a ticket for being in the park at the hours. All right, just need to sign right here on the X. But because we're out of, didn't you say we were out of time so we wouldn't have known that? Yeah, but that's that's not a valid reason why. You should be in the park because you're from out of time. And what's your back number? 7452. Okay. And what's your name? Officer Brooks. What's your first name? I'm not, I'm not going to give you my first name. Okay, and I don't have to sign this, right? You do have to sign it. No, I don't. Okay. Well, like I explained to him, if you don't sign it, then you're gonna be physically taken to jail. Okay, so that's part A, 
All right, that's part A here. Here's part B. I'm not here to play games. I know, but I'm going to. Put your hands behind your back. Mr. Brooks, I'm going to sign the ticket. I'm going to sign the ticket. Put your hands behind your back. Sir, you don't have to. You don't have to. I'm asking you, why am I putting my hands behind my back? I'm going to sign the ticket, but why am I under arrest? Sir, she's about to sign the ticket. I'm going to sign the ticket. She's about to sign the ticket. That's all you wanted to do is sign a ticket. That's all it is. I'm going to sign the ticket. That's all she just signed the ticket. You told me you're not. She's about, I'm going to sign the ticket, sign now. The ticket Mr. now. Mr. Brooks, I'm going you to sign the ticket. You don't have that option now. Why don't I have the option, because Mr. Brooks? Because I gave you two options. She was just asking for Mr. your badge Mr. number Brooks, at I'm first. I'm asking for your badge number, and I wasn't clear on why you weren't giving me your badge number. Sir, you don't have to. Sir, you do not have to tell her like that. Oh, my God. Sir, you do not have sir, to drag her like Mr. that. Brooks. I'm asking, I'm telling you that I'm going to sign the ticket. Sir, I'm going to sir, you do not have to grab her like that. I'm going to sign the ticket, Mr. Brooks. I'm going to sign the ticket. Why am I being arrested? It continues. Here it is. Please tell me why I'm being arrested. Yes, sir. Oh my God. I'm so scared. My God, please, in the name of Jesus, please, God, in the name. Why am I being arrested, Mr. Brooks? I'm going to sign a ticket. Mr. Brooks, why am I being arrested? Why am I being arrested? I don't understand why I'm being arrested. Can you please tell me why I'm being arrested? Turn around and put your hands behind your back. Tell me why I'm being arrested. Right, I have the right. Do not taser. Sir, do not taser. Oh, my God. Put your hands behind your back. Do not taser. Over a Do not taser. What are you tasing her for? I didn't taser. Why are you pulling it out? Put your hands this behind your back. This is not Put your hands behind your back. Let me go ahead and provide some background, give you additional information here. I see the commentary and comments about this online already. Some are saying that it is all her fault. Let me be very clear. This is not a criminal action. This is not considered a misdemeanor. This is not considered a felony. I'm talking about her action. What the cop did is assault in my opinion. Now, let me provide some background to why the cop was there in the first place. That park had actually gone through a couple of incidents recently where somebody got shot, okay? And so they increased patrols in that particular park. Typically, they do not enforce the after hours curfew. And most individuals do not even see the signage, especially if you are not from there as this couple was not, okay? So the cop is there because he has been given instruction to patrol the area to make sure there's no additional safety threat. In other words, the cop was supposed to be there in order to protect people like that, not to arrest them. Once the officer ascertained that they are not a criminal element, they are not a criminal problem. He should have said simply, listen, I'm here and enforcing this curfew because of some activity that took place that would probably make it unsafe for you to be here after hours. So I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Okay, no problem, he didn't do that. He engaged in the back and forth. Now remember, she has not committed any actual crime. This is a city ordinance, this is not a felony, this is not a misdemeanor. And when you make a case for aggressive force or excessive force, you actually look at what it took to deescalate and the severity of the crime in question. That's what a judge and a jury will look at. Well, what was the severity of the crime in question? She did not sign the citation initially. 
Now, the officer said, if you don't sign it, I gotta take you to jail. Um, I've had a cop tell me that before. I've refused to sign a ticket before. And I had the cop say, all right, if you don't sign the ticket, I gotta take you to jail. And signing the ticket is not an admission to guilt. That's the part right there. Signing the ticket is not an admission to guilt. That should have been pronounced and proclaimed and made very clear. Also, her male companion already signed the ticket. It was a compliance to the citation. Once again, not a criminal issue. This is an ordinance issue that escalated to that kind of arrest. Doesn't make sense. A very wise man told me one time, Dick Gregory, before he passed away, God rest his soul. He said, Doc, be very careful not to equate what they say is legal to what you believe is right. Now, there are many law enforcement experts saying the cop was within his legal authority in order to to affect an arrest, but that doesn't mean it was right, does it? You remember Rosa Parks got arrested too, was that right? Because the law said they could, there's more. Let's put up a picture of the chief here. So this is your acting chief, okay? We do not have the identity of the officer yet. We don't know that, we will bring it as soon as we do. We do know his name is Officer Brooks, the Atlanta chief of police. Darren Shirebaum is the person in charge, Buck stops with him. Let me show you a picture of the woman they roughed up. Her name is Angel, Angel Guys. Angel is a remarkable individual. Check out her Instagram post when you get a moment. This should have never happened. So here's the response from Atlanta PD. This incident began as an effort to address issues in our city parks. Not issues of curfew, by the way, issues of actual gun violence, not curfew. The officer clearly intended to use a citation to each party, to issue a citation to each party and allow them to leave the park. Several unnecessary decisions that were entirely out of our control resulted in a physical altercation with an officer and the physical arrest of this individual. So the city of Atlanta, they're standing behind the actions of this cop. Now remember, cops are trained to deescalate before he effected the arrest. She said, I will sign the citation. At this point, his feelings are hurt. This woman has said no to him, how dare she? This woman has said, give me your badge number, how dare she? This woman asked for your first name, who does she think she is? And as soon as he had an opportunity to engage in a criminal arrest for a non-criminal matter, he did so. These are people, these are human beings. Her whole life flipped upside down because one cop had his ego bruised and was trained according to the protocol in the art of de-escalation and chose not to de-escalate. The only person, the only people who tried to de-escalate were the individuals who were not cops. They're the ones that tried to de-escalate this. The police department added that the officers are not required to read someone their Miranda rights prior to arresting them. Um, And that's once again, them standing by the cop. Um, She is out of jail according to the latest report. And her attorney has already gone on record and said a lawsuit is being promptly filed against the Atlanta police. Ben, thoughts on this? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just so infuriating because like like if if this police officer had like a shred of humanity and like understanding, you'd recognize that like our system is so brutal and cruel to people with any type of criminal record. I mean, if all of a sudden you have a criminal record, then you could lose your housing, you could lose your job, you could lose your kids, you could lose so many different things and it could make it nearly impossible for you to even just survive financially. And so of course, if somebody sees them, if you're interacting with police and you feel like you're getting something that might be put on a criminal record, you're gonna be hesitant. You're gonna be like, wait, what's going on? Hold up, please communicate with me. And that's all she was asking for, just a little bit of communication, a little bit of like patience and understanding. But that's exactly what he was trained not to do, not to give people patience or understanding or recognize the fact that his role in society plays a significant role in stripping people of basic human rights. I mean, seriously, people in prison in many states can't even vote, okay? And so this is the type of thing where you need to recognize that if you're a police officer, somebody's doing something like just being in a park after hours, like come on, who hasn't been in a park after hours? Are you kidding right. me? Are you literally kidding me? Right? And recognize that like, yeah, if you're gonna give somebody a citation, like just communicate and say like, well, here are my options bureaucratically. I mean, the option that he didn't say was I can let you off with a warning, which is always an option. So funny how he didn't mention that option, right? Because he wants to be the dictator of the situation. He wants to be the one giving options. Instead of being a public servant, right? He is somebody that is, I mean, yeah, policing the public. And it's just absolutely infuriating. And it just speaks to the mentality that exists within police departments across the country. And let me say this because I know somebody's gonna get this young officer this clip. I know that. To the, to the cop who did this. Sir, if you want to remain a police officer, be a real police officer, okay? Enforce laws through the lens of humanity. If you want to remain in the industry and be one of the individuals that sets themselves apart from the adverse narrative about law enforcement, start that activity with yourself. You affected an arrest over something that was not even criminal in nature. It's not even considered a law, it's an ordinance. It's an ordinance, not a misdemeanor, not a felony, but an ordinance. Is that why you signed up to become the popo? So you can arrest a couple or a woman at a park after damn hours? That's what you went to the academy for? That makes mama proud, hmm? doesn't make sense. Would you want somebody to treat your sister that way, your daughter that way, your wife that way, your mama that way? No, you wouldn't. So engage the community of citizens, the community, the public in a way that you want people to engage with you and your family. Now, if you take that with you, officer, everywhere you go, you will become a shining example of what law enforcement should be and not what it currently is. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. What's happening? Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Before I do that, just remember the watch list, all right? Add the watch list to your watch list. Join JR Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Watch live daily and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. Greyhound Dragon says, Thank you for giving us updates to these stories. We can't let them get away with this crap time and time again. My pleasure and thank you for supporting the program. 
Eileen, God, God, no dragon. Uh, there is no punishment harsh enough for what they did to that elderly woman. It makes me cry every time. It, it's the first time I did that story, I lost it. it. It's such a horrific display of the reality of humanity's lack of humanity. Okay. Um, let's go to reason and why says they laughed at this horrible act against this elderly woman. Yep, bystanders help a cop who's been shot. Cop, uh, cop gets shot, people are there, they help the cop. Interesting dynamics here. So let me first take you to the video. Here it is. Hey, I need another tourniquet. Hurry up, man. Come on, come on. What about this one? Hey, go help him. He's in there. He already cuffed. He's already there, bro. He's sleeping now, but she cuffed her. Let's put up the picture of one of the individuals who helped save that cop after the cop was shot. Uh, this was after midnight when all of it went down, Friday, July 29th. Matthew Weekly was near the Franklin Mini Mart when he heard a gunshot. Not too long after I heard the shot, he said they brought the trooper out. And he was just bleeding and we attended to him, Mr. Weekly said, all right? This was in Pennsylvania. A Weekly and other Good Samaritans did not hesitate, did not hesitate to help the state trooper whose name is Johnny Schooley, who had a gunshot wound to his leg. You see all of them helping the officer. The group of men used the shirts off of their own backs to help the trooper who was losing a lot of blood and could have bled out and died. Now, here's a point I wanna make. Two days ago, two days ago, I did a story about multiple police officers who responded to the scene of a black male who was stabbed and inside of an elevator where the elevator could not close. When these officers responded, and the man is bleeding out. The girlfriend who called the cops said, why are you letting him bleed out like that? The response was, oh, we're not the paramedics. No, 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 that's not our jobs. Paramedics on the way. And they watched this man bleed and bleed and did nothing. Man goes to the hospital, he dies because of the inaction of these cops. They lacked humanity. Come to find out the cop, the primary cop had first aid training. And his actions were completely against protocol of his department. Once again, the policy says one thing, but the culture says something else. And then in this story, we literally have the opposite. We have individuals who do not seem to have any special training in first aid, but they are taking clothing off of their own bodies in order to save the life of a police officer who has been shot. So what does this say? This says that even in the midst of cops showing a lack of humanity, especially toward black folk in America, black folk in America do not exhibit that same lack of humanity to others. That's what it says. There's more. Mr. Weekly said, and I quote, 
They said, man, he needed a shirt. So I took a shirt and made uh, tourniquets uh, for him. And people were just wrapping stuff around his leg. And he was directing us. He was like, man, wrap it around my leg. I need it tighter. So we just tightened it. The ambulance did not come for a while, okay? He's the good Samaritan. Investigators said in the criminal complaint that the trooper, Mr. Schooley, and his partner, whose name is Palmer, both from the state police, Beaver Station, were on a routine patrol when they noticed a disturbance at the Minimar. So here's your background. Let's put up the suspect. His name is Damian Bradford. Damian Bradford was threatening people with a pistol before the troopers intervened. So this is a real criminal issue, right? This is not somebody being outside of a park after hours. This is a real problem that requires law enforcement intervention. Investigators wrote that Bradford violently struggled with the troopers as they were trying to restrain him and he shot Schooley. The documents say they were able to disarm Bradford and then he tried to take Trooper Palmer's gun and taser. Bystanders helped Palmer restrain Bradford as well. Look at that, isn't that something? Bradford is facing 13 charges, which include criminal attempted homicide, assault of a law enforcement officer, two counts of aggravated assault, five counts of recklessly endangering another person, disarming a law enforcement officer, resisting arrest, possession of a prohibited firearm, and firearms not to be carried without a license, okay? I know some people are going to push back and say things like, well, uh, they should not have helped the police. And that's your opinion. But you cannot neglect the reality that them helping the police was simply an expression of, the, of their own decency, of their own humanity, of their love for others. So I don't besmirch that at all. Bad thoughts here. Yeah, no, 100%. And this is where there's like, there's multiple layers to unpack here, right? Because ultimately, we need to be better than the systems around us. And we hope that the systems will be better than humanity. Unfortunately, in the United States, that's not really where we're at. And it just speaks to the fact that there are people who are calling for fundamental changes to policing around the United States. And it is because of a deep sense of humanity and caring about other people. And unfortunately, the culture within police departments is not the same. It is one of only treating police officers as humans. And unfortunately, that leads to some serious consequences. And that serious consequence is that police officers will often let people just bleed out and die. But it is good that people aren't letting these police officers bleed out and die. It is good that we are, we have our humanity and we actually care for other people. That's fundamentally good. What we want is a system that takes that humanity and expands it to everybody. And that actually treats everybody with basic dignity where we actually care for people. And anybody who calls themselves a police abolitionist or a prison abolitionist should 100% be in support of these people that potentially say the life of this police officer, because that is what the goal is, is to save lives and to reduce harm. And yep. so ultimately, we want our systems to behave with the same mentality that these people did, where even if you find somebody disagreeable in one way, shape or form, you care for them because you want them to be able to live as a human being. Very well said. And for those who may have a contrary attitude as it relates to what these Samaritan, these great, great humanitarians did, these good Samaritans did. I want to remind you that in the pursuit to destroy evil, 
you cannot then become the evil you seek to eliminate. All right, okay. Remember the OnlyFans model and Instagram model who stabbed and killed her boyfriend who happened to be an African American male? She got away with it. I mean, she was at a bar drinking. She was having a good time right after this killing and was not arrested, but she has now been charged. Let's put up a picture full mass here. Her name is Courtney Clinney. This model fatally stabbed her boyfriend to death in Miami. This was all the way back in April. She has now been arrested for murder. The 26 year old OnlyFans model was taken into custody Wednesday in where Hawaii and will eventually be extradited to Miami-Dade County to face trial. She has been charged with a second degree murder with a daily weapon for the April 3rd stabbing of her then boyfriend, Christian Toby Obum Selly. Let's put up their pictures, all right? Now this was an interesting background. We covered this from day one. The girlfriend, Clinty, was found covered in blood at the scene by Miami police before being detained temporarily. Shortly after her detention, she was hospitalized and then she was put on suicide watch according to the Atlanta Black Star. So all of a sudden she kills a man and becomes a victim. A day after the death, she posted content on her OnlyFans page. That's what she posted, yeah, right there. Just killed a man, let's exploit it on the OnlyFans page. The arrest caps a four month investigation by Miami police homicide detectives and prosecutors into her actions. It took four months, okay? Whose killing of her boyfriend during a domestic dispute in a luxury Edgewater apartment garnered headlines across the world. In her defense, her attorney insisted that she acted in self-defense and the killing was justified. But in the days after his death, the relatives of the dead boyfriend called for her arrest, saying they did not believe he was ever a threat. And more irony to this story is that friends of hers did not believe her story. And they eventually came out on the record, posted on social media, but it still took four months to arrest a regular ass white woman who stabbed to death her black male boyfriend. Four months. We've been calling for the arrest of this individual from day one. The family started calling for the arrest within that same week. Her friends started calling for her arrest roughly seven days after the incident. And finally, the arrest has now happened. The wheels of justice moving in a very different way. Let me, let me make it plain for those who may disagree with me. Put up the picture of the couple again. Let's flip the roles here. Let's say he killed her, okay? Oh, I don't even have to say anything else. You know good damn well he doesn't go home that night, but she did. Okay, Ben, thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, it's just a perpetuation of this culture, right? In the United States, we have this narrative. We have this narrative that's a very, very deadly narrative. And it is one of white women being of no agency and being perfect, innocent creatures, which 
is both A, infantilizing to women, and B, leads to this extreme amount of violence where you have this situation where like, and this is repeated all throughout history, where if white women create a, like commit crimes against black men, especially, right? Then all of a sudden it's painted as like her being the victim, this that, and the other thing. And whenever it, the situation is reversed, then all of a sudden, like the criminality of the black man is assumed and the innocence of the white woman is assumed. Yep. And that's just how people operate. And it leads to situations like this, where you have somebody who can potentially be a murderer. And we just all just kind of, I guess, believe it and accept it. And the problem is, is that it's one thing if it's commenters on the internet that are making ridiculous assumptions. But it's a completely different thing when you have systems and institutions like the police that are operating on these same exact racist narratives and these same exact racist biases. And it is just clear as day because, I mean, seriously, how many stories are there of black women who, you know, kill like a domestic abuser in self-defense, but they still get charged with murder. They still get charged with murder because they're not believed, because they're not believed. And that it's like everything about this is just deeply infuriating. Yeah, and let us not forget if it had not been, if it had not been for the public scrutiny, this arrest likely would have never happened and she would have gotten away with it. Okay, all right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Let me first say thank you to Possum of Antigua for becoming a member on Indisputable and Moon Dragon. Thank you for gifting so many people the opportunity to join the Indisputable page on YouTube. I appreciate you so much. Okay, did not see this one coming. Oprah Winfrey has sued a podcast for using her symbol and her likeness, her name likeness. Let me first show you the logo in question. Here it is. All right, that's the logo. It's called Oprah Demics, like academics, but Oprah. Oprah's company has filed a trademark infringement suit against the host of this podcast for using her O logo. Harper Incorporated, which owns Oprah's trademarks, carefully vets any licensing opportunity. Now it's taking a podcasting duo to court over what it says is an unauthorized attempt to capitalize on the Oprah effect, which is a no-no, it's against the law, all right? Harpo Inc is suing Kelly Jackson and Leo Wright over their Oprah Demics podcast. Let's put up the podcasters in question here. They are two black women. Now, this is interesting. Let me continue to give you a little more background because Oprah, the company, they're not seeking any money here. Oprah's company alleges that the uh, Oprah Demics moniker misleads consumers into thinking that she is involved and she's not. That loses the power of her brand and will cause harm to Harpo's, the company, goodwill and reputation. Her fame is so extensive that she instantly is instantly recognized by um, her first name, Oprah alone, writes uh, the attorney Carmichael, uh, which was filed Tuesday in New York Federal Court. Now let's put the logo back up again. And I know some people are saying, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe Oprah is suing for the letter O. It's a little more than that. Like they have actually incorporated her name into the podcast. Um, Harpo does not seek any monetary damages or profits available under 
applicable law from defendants. Wrongful acts of building a media and entertainment brand by capitalizing on the goodwill of Oprah and O family of trademarks. Nor does Harpo seek to prohibit defendants from airing a podcast series on their chosen topic. So bottom line, they want the podcasters to stop using the logo connected to Oprah. They can continue to talk about Oprah. They can continue to provide the same content and they don't want any money for the previous use of the old brand. Okay, all right, I'm good with that. Being thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, like there's an argument to be made about copyright law being super, super strict in the United States and, you know, like the influence that big brands have over copyright laws. But this is like incredibly reasonable. Are you kidding me? Like, this is basically just like Oprah's company coming in saying, hey, I think people might be confused and think that this is affiliated with Oprah when it's really not. Like, you can do like your fan podcast and all that stuff and and talk about whatever, but just like make sure that it's clear that you're not like affiliated with the brand. Brand. And like that's pretty reasonable, right? And I think more reasonable than basically any other company would do. So I guess props to Oprah in this regard where she's not trying to be punitive. She's just trying to be like, hey, be a little bit more responsible maybe and like thoughtful with like how you're branding yourself. That's right, well said. Okay, all of a sudden Republicans are pro defund the police. Marjorie Taylor Greene now has a new clothing line is exploiting the raid against her master, Donald J. Trump. Uh, here it is. The FBI was using human intelligence to spy on a presidential campaign. BuzzFeed reported that most of the people involved in that famous plot right before the election to kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, were in fact working for the FBI. The government entrapped the four men, first by orchestrating the plot, then coercing them to join in. The whistleblower says the FBI directed agents to use counterterrorism measures to track parents critical of their school boards. Sources tell ABC News that Mar-a-Lago was raided by FBI agents. This is some third world right here. Let me say it again, third world. The FBI has admitted we need the citizenry in fear in order to increase our budget, in order to increase our surveillance authority. The FBI cannot carry out its vital mission of protecting the American people without trust. Oh my God, they're coming after rich, bigoted white men that are well connected politically. What are we going to do? I got more actually. Uh, in relation to the raid, okay, Scott Perry was posed the question about if he got his phone back. His phone was taken. Did he get his phone back? This is how he responded. That they know he's coming back and likely to beat their candidate Joe Biden. Did you get or any phone? other candidate? Did you honestly. get your phone back? Did you get your phone back? Congressman, did you get your phone back? I guess we might have lost him. All right, uh, Congressman Scott Perry, thanks. We'll watch, you'll play this back and you'll see I did thank you. I oh, you didn't lose a damn thing. Let me tell you how I know. So for about two years of my life, I actually provided debate and commentary, progressive commentary on Fox News. I've debated Tucker Carlson, I've debated Neil Cavuto, 
I was in the Fox studio, the Atlanta Bureau Fox studio. You can literally see the person in front of you. You can see the commentator, you can see the anchor. So if this was an authentic moment, Congressman, what would have happened is while you see the person talking to you and you hear no sound, you would have said, I'm so sorry, I can't hear you right now, say that again. But you did not, you just stood there silently and said nothing because you were trying to pretend like you didn't hear the question, okay? Um, there's more. Now, let me go to threats that have been made against the Attorney General because of this raid, all right? Um, FBI Director Christopher Ray, authorities monitoring social media posts are spotting a significant increase in death threats aimed toward agents, Ray and Garland, uh, Fox News reports. These threats are reported to continue at a steady pace online, in fact, the cable news network says that the threats against Ray and Garland have gotten so intense that there has been talk of increasing their security details, even though both are already guarded by armed agents. Now, let me take you to threats made against Eric Swalwell received, here it is. First of all, I wanna say, not me, but I hope someone cuts that throat from ear to ear. Cut his head off, Swalwell's a worthless piece of Cut his wife's head off, cut his kid's head off. I don't give a f worthless piece of f blaming everybody but himself and that f worthless piece of f Biden and that same Kamala Harris. Black Lives Matter, illegal immigrants. All you f worthless pieces, Democrats trying to ruin our country. Somebody just needs to kill all you f Democrats. Okay, so. They need to lock his ass up, right? If you're that big and bold to make those threats, you should be able to go to jail. Now we will see how the FBI deals with these threats. Many of them are substantiated, meaning they actually fit the criminal prerequisite for a terroristic threat against a member of law enforcement. All of a sudden the pro-law enforcement party is anti-law enforcement. All of a sudden the anti-defund the police, they are for defund the police, all because of one man which provides further evidence that they are in fact in a cult without walls is what's happening in this country. Ben, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really telling. Let's be real, right? These people didn't have any problem with the FBI wiretapping people like Martin Luther King. They definitely That's didn't right. have a problem with the FBI killing Fred Hampton. They didn't have an issue with the FBI going after labor unions. And they didn't have an issue after the FBI ridiculously equated Black Lives Matter, called it black identity extremism, and equated that with these white nationalists. Because you can see that. When, when literally, when police kill people, Black Lives Matter protesters, they protest and say, hey, stop killing people. But when like basic, like even inching towards justice happens, then you see these white supremacists run around in their violent mobs. You see Proud Boys like attacking homeless people and things like that. And the FBI equates the two, but when they do that, when they do that, Right, and finally, somebody like you know Donald Trump faces even a teeny bit of scrutiny from law enforcement. Then all of a sudden, they scream and they're like, "Oh, it's so biased! It's so biased! It's so biased!" When really, if it's biased, it's biased in their favor. Literally, this has been like two years coming, right? Yeah. Like Donald Trump's criminality is just long running. Yeah, and one quick note: 
the reason why Republicans are no longer policy strong is because they don't know what Trump is going to agree or disagree with. So they're literally taking orders by the Trump, by Trump himself. And so because Trump goes back and forth like the winds, they are unable to fit or affix to a particular policy dynamic. All right. Another update, remember the white male who decided to bring out his gun and threaten a landscaper and his 22 year old daughter, remember that? Let me remind you of the video cuz he has now been charged, here it is. This is my property, I said you're not I'll allowed move. to block my driveway, I said don't I'll be move. a prick. I said I'll move, you think I'm playing yeah. punk ass? Yeah. Your daughter better take record of how stupid her father is. Yeah, all right. Keep recording. All right. If it goes online, your Cut ass that. will be sued too. Cut that. Dude, you ain't got it. That, 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 that's I true. ain't got nothing. That's what I'm saying. I'm you telling her to I cut this off. Nothing? I'm telling her to cut this you off. You think I ain't got nothing? Well, record. You, you, you record. You pulling a gun on a guy in the middle of, on, on the no, city property. Do whatever. I am going to do whatever. This is my property. Uh, that man has been arrested, put up his picture full mass here. Let me give you the update to the story. Obviously, this was insane. It still took way too much for us to get an arrest here. The arrest should have happened immediately. This was in Clearwater, Florida. Police have now arrested that man who decided to threaten a landscaper and his daughter with an assault rifle during really a non-dispute. I will explain that in a moment. His name is David Berry, 44 years of age, got into an argument with the landscaper on July 7th because he said the man's equipment was blocking his driveway. It was not. Here's what happened. When the landscaper took his equipment off of the bed, a portion of the gate connected to the driveway. And then when he put the gate up, it no longer obstructed the driveway in any way. It did not obstruct it so much that nobody could move through. It was very temporary and that's how this man decided to React. The victim's daughter is the one who caught everything on video. The arrest affidavit adds that there was a well founded fear that such violence was imminent. According to the Clearwater Police Department, Barry's weapons were seized in late July by the police department and the county sheriff's office via a risk protection order. On Friday, Barry was taken into custody and charged with aggravated assault, which is in fact a third degree felony. Should have happened the day of. This is happening because of public scrutiny. Now, while I'm good with the fact that it's happening, I'm not good with the fact that it takes this much to get simple justice for black people who are at work. All right, Ben, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, really, like it took this long? Are you serious? And because it speaks to something that's really important. This happens every day. There are people that are unhinged like this. Every day running around threatening people, specifically white folks threatening black and brown folks across the country. Happens every single day. The difference is it doesn't always happen on camera. And the difference in that regard then means that there's not always public outcry, which means that these folks are running around free. Because ultimately there's just like, <laughs> there's just this mentality in law enforcement where let's be real, they empathize with this guy more than they empathize with the guy on the other side of the gun. That's right, and that's why we will continue to highlight and update these stories and provide public pressure as necessary. Okay, let's go to Beto. Here's what he said when somebody decided to laugh because he's talking about a mass shooting of students. Here it is. 
I'm going to make sure that now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, but it's not funny to me, okay? Yeah, he said it may be funny to you, MF, but it's not funny to me. And the crowd goes wild. It's not funny at all. This is real. Everything Beto said was factually accurate. Everything he said was 100% true. Another dynamic of that ridiculous Texas law said, you know, we know that 18 year olds should not have this kind of weaponry. But in order to appease our base, we're going to allow a guardian to tell us it's okay to give it to him. And so the killer's father signed off on this knowing he had a history of violence. Everything Beto said was right. There should be a policy response to guns in America. All right, then we're almost out of time. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, this is just like, this is the inevitable consequence of Republicans defining their entire political ideology by watching other people suffer. They enjoy the suffering of other people, and it leads to this sick and twisted behavior where you have a grown adult laughing at the deaths of literal children. Ben, always a pleasure, always insightful. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Substack at Benjamin Carollo. You can also check out my videos on Rebel Headquarters and on my show Galaxy Brain on the Young Turks Twitch channel every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Good stuff. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Stay tuned, reactions next.